morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody here. See people visiting. First song is Jesus Rose of Sharon. <laughs> Jesus Rose of Sharon. day and we thank you for this this wonderful opportunity to come together and and in fellowship worship you Lord for all your glory Lord we're immensely thankful for everything that you've given us Lord for your son that you sent to take our sins away so that we can have an opportunity to be with you in heaven one day Lord please be with us this morning to put all the thoughts of our daily life away and and focus on singing praises to you and and to focus on your word so that we can absorb as much of it as possible and apply it to our lives. Lord, please be with those that are in need of your help this week, whether it be mentally, physically, or illness, and help us to keep our eyes on you and Keep our faith strong. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bear our minds, Lord, suffer with St. Ivory Palace.
Father, like your word says in Romans, with our hearts we believe and with our mouth we say that your son Jesus Christ is Lord and so we are saved. So at this moment, help us to take this bread and remember how much you did for us. And you didn't have to do it. You did it because you loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, once again, washes, washes clean of our sins. Because without you, without your son becoming like us, a perfect sacrifice, not like a bull, but offered a man just like us, the perfect sacrifice, we would have no way home. But you paid the price, you suffered because of us, but you did it because you loved us. So Father, as we take this fruit of the vine, help us to remember how much you went through and how much you loved us. Cause it's, that's what it's all about. You cared so much for us that you came down here and allowed us to abuse you for we can be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, as we come together this morning, help us to remember all that you've done for us in this past week. Help us to reflect upon the, the good things that we received from you, and help us to, to remember to, to give back at this time with a cheerful heart. In Christ's name we pray. Thank you. 
This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. my microphone. For a while now, we've been studying out of 1 John the results of God's love, and we're moving towards 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, where we're guaranteed that we can know we have eternal life. So what's the evidence? If you would care to read along with me. This is the message you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we come before you this morning as your people. And we come at a time when we understand that you look to our lives and see if there's love there. I ask that you be with me this morning. You will be with the congregation. That they can see and understand Lord, I ask that you help me get out of the way so that people see you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is an actual transcript of an actual incident that happened in October 1995. It's of a battleship that looks at a, an object and realizes that they're going to meet up. 
So the American captain writes, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. The Canadians write back, we recommend you divert, you divert your course 15 degrees to avoid a collision. The American captain writes back, this is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship, and I say again, divert your course. The Canadians come back and say, no, you divert your course. The American says, this is the, a the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic Fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees north. That is one five degrees north, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. The Canadians wire back. This is a lighthouse. Your call. <laughs> Sometimes you got to make a call. In chapter 3, verse 10, we read, this is how we know who the, church, who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Doing what I do, I often run into people who, when they find out I'm a preacher, it's usually too late, and they come over and they say things like, I, I know you're religious. You've taken that leap of faith and believe there's a God and there's a Jesus and there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's a hell. And, and if you're happy with that, then I'm happy with you. But I'm not religious. And I don't believe in all that. I just can't. Take a leap. I believe each person has the right to believe what they want to believe. And they should run their own lives and they should make their own decisions. The Bible says over and over and over again, there are only two camps in this world. And both are a result of faith. Now, we're sitting here, so we probably are the, of that group that looks at it and says, I, I took that belief. I believe in God. I believe in heaven. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe. But what about the guy who says, I don't believe? What about the guy? Too fast. Uh, who says, 
I, I, I don't. And I never have. That is just as much faith as what we have with God. You see, he's sitting there saying, well, I, I choose not to believe that. I'm willing to stake everything that there's not a God. I'm willing to, I, I sit back and I am willing to say that I, I know what should be done in my life. I know how to be happy. I know how to make progress. I know what it takes to be successful in this world. I know what I can do and I know the consequences of what I do. And it doesn't include God at all. And as far as heaven and hell, who believes that stuff? Folks, that's as much a faith as we have saying, I do believe that stuff. When people come up to me and, and they say, you believe in God, prove God to me. I sit there and say, no, prove your faith first that there is no God. You see, there's no scientific knowledge one way or the other. You can't say, well, scientists have found, they haven't found anything to prove one belief system over another. But some people make this choice as if Christians are sort of out of their minds believing and stating and going where well, they don't. Blaise Pascal was a, a noted mathematician. And he made this kind of statement because he was a believer. In his world, there were a lot of unbelievers. And he said, now, suppose you're right. There is no God. And I help my neighbors... And I reach out to those who are hungry, and I feed them. And when somebody's sick, I go and make sure that they've got what they need to get over the illness and, and all that. And I find out after I die that there's nothing else. Things are exactly what you say they are. Who's hurt? But you choose not to believe in God. And you don't go and help the sick. And you don't reach out to other people. And you don't do all these things that God asked you to say. And you die and you find out it's true. Both are face. One leads one way. And the other leads in a different area. Folks, it's dangerous to sit there and make a faith without God. And the Bible is full of examples. Since he used Cain, I'm going to use Cain too. It's found over in Genesis chapter 4 that Adam lay with his wife and became pregnant. She gave birth to Cain. He's the older brother. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I've brought forth a man. Later, she gave to birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked with the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought portions, fat portions, 
from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked on favor with on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must master it. What you're thinking is, it's not good at all. And it's not my will, but does it change, Cain? The very next day, it is Cain who says to Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they're in the field, Cain attacks his brother and kills him. And the Lord says to Cain, where's your brother Abel? And Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. What's the difference between the two boys? Abel listened to what God instructed. Now, you can guess what God instructed as far as the sacrifices. We don't have anything on record to this point. One guess is as good as another. But Cain chose not to follow it. Abel followed it because he knew that's what God wanted. Cain did not follow it because he thought, I don't have to. God will be satisfied with what I do. You have two kids, two camps. One listening to God. one not listening to God. Now that seems a little bit strong. But they've always been these two camps from the beginning of time. Here's one that's a little more modern. Jesus is on earth at this time. And to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now that's, that's simple enough. You've heard, and if you believe and follow, you will be my disciples. And you'll know the truth, and that truth will set you free. It'll make your life better, and all this. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we should be set free? Jesus, what are you talking about? We are Abraham's children. We're not slaves. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins, and that's a word in the original language that means constant. It's not that you fall once in a while. This means you constantly live in sin and disregard for God. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. And you do not. And you do what? You have heard from your father. And they answered, if, we, we, if you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me. A man who's told you nothing but the truth that I heard from God. That's not what Abraham did. You're doing the things your father does. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You see the two camps? Jesus saying, let's do God's will, and they're saying, no. We don't need to do that. If you just go back further enough, we're related to Abraham. And Jesus says, really? It's, we're Abraham's children. And Jesus says, no, you're not. You're not following what Abraham did. You're not doing Abraham's will. You're not doing any of it. There are two camps. And you're in one or the other. Now back to 1 John. Don't be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer has eternal life in him. The world might not like you if you're a Christian because you stand for a different set of principles. You set for a different standard of life. And their standard of life and their principles are in the opposite direction. So Jesus has, has taught his disciples, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. Two camps, different theories. Both a matter of faith. 
This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Now the example is this. Why did Jesus lay down his life? We needed him to. We were lost. And he came to save us. And the reason he gave up his life was for us. And if that's the case, we ought to mimic what Jesus did. And he talks about laying down your lives for brothers, but he, he right away says, here's what I'm talking about. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? You've got the resources. You can make it happen. But you sit there and say, uh-huh. This is my stuff. And I'm going to enjoy it the way I want to. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with deeds and action. This then is how we know Underline that by circle if you're in your Bibles. We know we belong to the truth. And how we can set our hearts at rest in his presence. Do you know what that's saying? God is sitting next to you. And it's all right. God is sitting next to you. And you're not all worked up. Peace because you know which camp you're in. And you know you're God's people. And you know he loves you. So there's no fear. But if our hearts condemn us, remember God is greater than our hearts and he knows can't do that if you've chosen the other way of life. Because God knows. He knows what you've committed to. He knows what you decided to do. He knows. You can never be content at that rate. A man isn't different than a believer. It's just that he has his own set of values. He wants to be in control of his own life. He doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do. He believes he controls his own destiny. He believes he knows the outcome of every situation. And eventually the person who is that wrapped up in his values Sooner or later, he wants what he wants. Even though the Bible says different, he wants what he wants.
when understanding the two camps, you get security out of that. I know which camp I'm in. I know what I've decided. I know how I'm trying to live my life. Not that I'm perfect. I've just decided to put God in control. And most of you, I assume, have to. And this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He came committed to that cause. He was in God's family way before he became the son here on earth. You see, if you come to the cross where he dies, he's got some promises that are, are good. If you repent and are baptized, he says, I'll forgive your sins. And you can enter dedicated to God. You won't get everything perfect he doesn't ask you to. If you've once done that and you have started living for yourself and you're choosing the wrong value system, let us help. Won't you come by together we stand and sing. of you worshiping with us, whether you're worshiping here in the building or through the internet at home. Uh, we appreciate you being a part of that. I have a few announcements before we close. Our food pantry is open tomorrow. Uh, we need some help to make that happen. Uh, today, after the worship service, we need help bagging bread. Also, tomorrow, we need some help 
uh, loading some produce at about 8.15 in the morning. If you can help with that, please let Sue Shoemate know. Then later in the day, we need some help setting up and distributing the food. The equip conference will take place in Orlando from July 22nd through the 25th. I'm sure you'd be encouraged to attend that if you can. Have an update on some of our sick. Kaylee Brown, the Massey's granddaughter, is recovering from thyroid cancer surgery. Uh, she is doing well. We don't know uh, about the outcome of the actual uh, success of removing the cancer until that's tested, but please keep Kaylee in your prayers. Carol O'Neill's surgery was postponed until this Tuesday. Uh, please keep her in your prayers. Mitzi Robinson will have her last radiation treatment this coming week. Continue to pray for her. Lex Pierce Jr. got a good report from the Moffitt Clinic this week. Uh, as you know, he is dealing with lung cancer. Uh, the doctors say that the, the lung that had the most uh, cancer in it is much more cancer free. Uh, Lex, asked, Lex asked me to remind you that prayer works. So please continue to pray for all of these. If you uh, haven't already gotten one, please pick up a bulletin. There are other things there that you'll want to know about. And Steve's going to talk about the church camp. Good morning. So we just got back from a week of camp. Uh, we are like really tired. We're worn out. Camp is like full on 100% and then Saturday morning we end it and it's like can't wait to get home and get some rest. Um, as you know, the camp is a big part of this congregation. It has become even a bigger part of this congregation. And we just, um, we just wanted to just remind you of the purpose of the camp. If you're not familiar with Central Florida Bible Camp, of course it's a Christian-based camp. It is a camp where the kids can get over there, they can learn to grow spiritually. Um, several of the kids this week, past week, got baptized into Christ. Um, it's, a, it's a huge part of their life. They go year after year and um, they just, they grow. It's a, it's a great place. Um, I have some pictures of uh, some of the things that they do. Uh, we have some kids that are fishing. The kid in the, in the first picture there on the left, the blonde-headed kid on the left, he's actually from Russia. So it's not unusual for us to have kids from Russia. We had kids last year from Korea. So they actually come from all over the world um, to our camp. Um, and they did pretty good fishing in our, our lake. Our lake is actually, the water level has come up quite a bit. So the kids have been out there and enjoying catching the fish. And, and um, this kid here on the right, he told me, he's like, I caught three fish, two of them, one of them was a big bass. And so he was, he was all excited. Um, my wife and I run the uh, concession stand. Uh, we'll write up trivia questions based on their uh, Bible lessons that they have throughout the week. And this particular kid on the left, 
he was relentless in trying to answer the trivia questions every day. He is there. And just when I think he's walking away, oh, he's giving up. Nope, he comes back. He has his Bible open. He's searching for the answers for those questions. And uh, he ended up actually getting one of our Bible awards for his, um, for his participation in that. We have the little kids there. She loves Oreos. We have a zip liner there on the right, of course. We, uh, the, quarter, the zip line's, I think, a quarter of a mile long or, or longer. So they have fun with that. Here's a baptism. Um, this is Michael Hartman baptizing his daughter. And uh, her best friend was also baptized at the same time. So there's a lot of growth that happens. Um, this is actually one of our service projects that happened during the week where they, it was a former uh, paintball field and we kind of converted it to a laser tag field. And um, this is a structure they built years ago that they're cleaning up here. They, it was originally called a, a castle, but the kids renamed it the White House. So they battled with the laser tag and they want to claim the White House. So they get up there and they, and they, they struggle to make it to the, to the top. So they're cleaning that up as one of the service projects. They worked real hard on that. The heat and humidity is, you can imagine, the picture's a little foggy. So, But um, I said all that to say this, being a big part of, uh, of the kids here, the, the camp as you know, we, we just completed phase one of construction. The pool is absolutely great. It works great. There's two sides to the pool. Kids can do activities on one side. They can swim in the other side. Um, the big girls' cabin is finally completed. We're using it through all the sessions for the summer. Um, but the other parts of the camp are falling down literally. This is part of the dining hall. The back part of the dining hall, this is a flat roof portion that was added, and there's restrooms um, underneath this flat roof, so the restrooms that are attached to the dining hall. This structure, this part of the dining hall is probably, probably pushing 40 years old. Um, but with this past week's rains and storms, it became quite evident that there was an emergent need here to repair this roof. The roof was actually falling in and we wanted to basically close that area off. We're like, well, no, we can't close it off. We need this area. Um, and so it became not only an emergent need as far as safety, there's, there's liability, of course, as you know, involved with uh, insurance. So we made a decision as a board to move ahead with this repair, even though that this dining hall is going to be expanded as part of phase two, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there with funds. We're not quite there yet with um, design phase or planning. So we didn't want to put more money into something we're gonna tear down later, but it's a, it's a fill gap. We needed something um, in the interim. So I, I took some pictures uh, so that you can see what is going on. This was decided in a matter of a couple of days that we needed to do this. Um, the more they tore off, the more rot that they found, and they've um, decided to go ahead and replace that, that portion of the roof. And um, the one of the board members is a contractor. That's his equipment there. That's his crew. He says, I can start it. He says, I can contribute to it. Um, 
but we are looking for funds. I am not a professional fundraising fundraiser. I'm letting you know that we have an emergent need. Um, we're estimating the cost of this to be around 10,000. As a board member, I am kicking in some funds as well. I wanna let you know that we need your help. Um, so that's the status of it. This, like I said, it was, it was falling in. There was rotten wood falling. We're like, we, we gotta do something. So I thank you for your time. Uh, if you are able to help, please see me and we will make sure that they get the funds that they need. Thank you very much. Each step I take, my... understand how to live, understand how to love. Keep us under your, your shield and under your hand and protect us from the world. Help us to continue to spread your love and your message in your name. Amen. <laughs> 